Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen and I have my shit together. <laughs> Today. In Today, this moment. That's correct. An evening with Medium's event for August 24th and December 14th are still on sale. We're half sold out for August, but people can get tickets for either of those shows at the website by sarlo.com. Sips of Sanity podcast series for April will be coming out actually in a couple of days. Mm -hmm. Super excited about our topic, Fixed and Open Mindsets, and that is on the first Monday of April. You can find that at the website as well by sarlo.com. And those are the 10 minute shows Monday to Friday. So you're going to get five little mini shows on your open versus a fixed mindset. Personal sessions. Kelly and I do personal sessions by Skype, FaceTime and telephone or in person for people all over the world, which leads me to our last show note, gift certificates. You can buy a gift certificate for anybody anywhere in the world of any denomination that you'd like, and they can use that towards a session. Crushed it. Yeah. Okay. Kel, might be a good time to say that we take Visa, MasterCard, American Express, PayPal, and e-transfer for those payments. In case people are wondering, how do I get a payment to you if I'm in a different country? On to today's show. Kel, I feel like today's show can go to different experiences that we have and different experiences that clients have. So you, we call that random shows, meaning that we just pick up different stories and share things. Mm -hmm. Hoping that people will get something out of it, whether they're listening to what we experience with these gifts and how we manage and how we grow with them, how we change. And that for you and I, growth and change is a constant on a daily basis. We have to be adaptable I just think moment by moment, mm -hmm. as opposed to thinking that I can believe a certain thing and this is going to suffice for me because these gifts teach me immediately that I'm wrong about that. I'm always presented with a different situation. And in some of those moments, whether how I'm going to respond, if I'm going to feel angry, if I'm going to feel hurt, whatever it is that I'm going to feel. So the first one I want to start with today is a happy one. I got an email from a client who I had seen a little while ago, and she's given consent to use names and tell the story. So I thought I would read it to you. Okay. Is that good? I'm going to read an email today. Hi, Karen. Sorry we didn't get to chat last week. I still want to fill you in. So here it is. When we met earlier this month, we spent most of our time talking about my severely autistic nonverbal son, Owen. I feel like I learned a whole lot in our short time. You had said that Owen would like me to start reading to him again, and not baby books. I sort of gave up on reading because Owen is sort of all over the place and never seemed to get what I was trying to do, nor pay attention. I went home and picked out a book with lots of words, one that I never would have even tried before. He was, of course, running around and being loud, but I had faith and I gave it a try. A few seconds after I started reading, he went and sat in another chair and was quiet. He watched me out of the corner of his eye and listened to the whole story. I was in tears because I was so happy, but felt extremely guilty at the same time. He is showing so much interest in his books now. How old's Owen? He's an adult. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated her email because it says so much about how as parents, 
we try so very hard to meet our kids needs. And I know that's not all parents, but if you're listening and you're one of them, you're certainly going to get how frustrating that could be to do something as small as trying to read a book to your child. And I say small because, you know, we expect them to sit still, we expect them to pay attention, to answer questions, and to enjoy the experience. So to have a child with autism where you can't get through something that you see a lot of other parents experiencing on a day-to-day basis without a whole lot of challenge to it, and know that you can't even get through it once, must be very, not just frustrating, but saddening. It must make you feel like you're not good enough. Or that maybe, what can I do that ever will be? So to get that email, to hear her say that that channeling was right that day. And I remember when she came, she has two children with autism. One uh, more severe on the spectrum and one more minor. She would say the first name of each child and then allow their spirit to come through and give messages so that she could figure out or hear what their spirit wanted. Somebody might say, well, if their spirit wants it, does it mean their human wants it? Hmm. And I wonder myself sometimes too, in sessions when the spirit world is saying this is what the spirit wants, if the human has any idea that it would even be the same thing. And I think that's fair to ask or to think for each person in each situation. So to hear back later in receiving this email one day from her that the human and the spirit both did want the same thing was a good affirmation for me. Yeah, it illustrates what kind of connection is created when you're channeling from spirit to human. And then, sorry, what I actually meant was the connection that humans end up having with one another when they listen to those messages. Yeah. And I want to say with a whole lot of pride that I can do that. And with a whole lot of pride that I have a daughter who can. And I'm saying it that way because I do believe that other people can too. Yeah. And that I'm not just saying, hey, it's just me because I have all of these gifts. Although I do understand we do it at a different level. And that other people may be doing it at the same level as us as well, and some are not. But what a privilege it is to be part of that between Owen and his mom. Mm Mm-hmm. And how fun that is for you and I to be able to speak to someone with autism who's nonverbal and be able to say something as simple as, I want to hear the books my mom wants to read, just not the particular ones because she's reading to me like I'm a two-year-old. Right. And I have autism, but I'm an adult. I would rather listen to an adult book. What adult wants to listen to a two-year-old book anyway? So tell her to step it up and I'll sit down and listen. And I think about how this mom listened to that, didn't question it, went right out and got a book and decided whether she believed in it or not, that she was willing to try. Mm -hmm. And if she believed in it and was trying from that space, oh my God, that's even more beautiful. (laughs) 
I'm going to do my Grey's Anatomy reference right here. I'm always a week behind, so people who are with it are going to be kind of two weeks ahead. But the last episode I just watched, they were talking to someone who had worked for NASA, and she was doing time travel. And she was trying to prove wormholes and time travel. And they were talking throughout the episode about the fact that you can't go into the past. With time travel, you don't go backwards. You can only go forwards. And the whole lesson was that when you don't go backwards and you focus on future, everything becomes possible. With time travel, there's a million different options for future. And the whole point was that if you're going to say no to a belief system that you don't know if it's real or right or bad, however you want to word it, possibilities still exist. So to just try gives you infinite possibility in future. This ties perfectly right into open mindset and fixed mindset as well. And I'm just thinking if you're going backwards reading child books over and over again, Mm -hmm. How do you ever have a future with a connection to your son, who's now mm -hmm. an adult? Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that he picked something like that, Kelly. That Owen was the one that chose that message for his mom. Out of all the things that he could have said to his mom, he picked reading. He picked books. So it makes me think about what you say about going forward, how he wants to go forward. So if Owen has 50 more years of a life ahead of him or 60, when do you stop reading baby books to him? When do you engage and think that as a 40-year-old man, he wouldn't want to read two-year-old books anymore? Like, I, I just think it was beautiful that he did that because as she can sit down and other people can sit down and think, okay, maybe we're not supposed to think that he's behaving at this age so therefore that's where his mentality is do we question our own selves as teachers mm -hmm. do we question the educational system that thinks that if someone has cerebral palsy and can't communicate or is mute or whatever they are at different levels of challenges that they're stuck and is that our belief system is that our fixed way of seeing it or are they now teaching us through this ability that you and I have through telepathy, that in fact, there is so much more within them. And that we might have to try to keep up to them. But we don't always think that. We think they're somehow further behind us in progress, or learning, or whatever your words want to be around that. You had also told me that Owen might find it easier to make connections to certain situations if I use music like a certain song for certain situations. We started out with bedtime. He has a really hard time winding down at night. I started playing a soft, relaxing CD at bedtime. On the second night of trying this, he was having a screaming, kicking meltdown on the kitchen floor at bedtime. I turned on the CD, and it was like a light switch. He stopped immediately and got up and went to his rocker recliner. This is where he rocks himself to sleep every night. He quietly listened to the CD while rocking. Most nights, we don't have to give him melatonin anymore because he settles so much easier. We are starting to use music for morning routines now as well. So that is it. It might sound small, but it is huge to us. So thanks again. 
I will be in touch for another appointment sometime. I need to know more. Carrie. I, in no way would I ever think any of that was small. Huh? Anybody that's having difficulty going to bed at night, no matter what your situation, knows how frustrating it is because we need sleep. Mm-hmm. And as the partner of someone who can't sleep, we know how frustrating it is for both. Yes. Not just for one person, as you're saying, Kelly, that it can be frustrating for everybody. I remember him saying to me that he needed music to be able to learn and put routines in place. And that if she picked a particular song to play one song and to only use that song, so say it's bedtime, then one particular song for bedtime would get him into the routine. But if he hears that song at a different time of day, he'll want to have a nap. We know this from army training. We know this from psychological testing. We make associations so quickly Mm -hmm. and our memories are attached to different sensations. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a texture that we touched on ourselves, whether it was a smell that was in the room, Mm -hmm. all those senses are so important to capturing a memory and, in turn, knowing how to behave. Well, it makes me think of students who uh, can use music while they're studying and then may go into an exam and need to hear that same piece of music in an exam because it will bring back the same state of emotional relaxation So there's no anxiety over blocking recall, Mm -hmm. whether it's uh, listening to the music so that a child who or an adult that has a problem with routine can have the brain trigger in at certain points in the song to this is my next piece of routine. So he could use it then to go from getting up in the morning, putting the music plays automatically. He knows it's time to get up and go straight in and brush his teeth and wash his face brush his hair, go back and make his bed. Then maybe another part of the song comes on and that's when he goes to the table and sits down to eat and so on and so on. It's a dance. Yeah. And you know what? I find it interesting too. Not that I have the solution as to how and when teachers could make all this possible for every student. I'm not saying that. But I just find it really interesting that a lot of their excuses are, well, you can't control a perfect environment when you're in the quote unquote real world. And it's like, well, yeah, I put heart music on when I'm in my office yeah, because that's something that gives me exactly what you're talking about is that feeling I need in order to function or the memory. We can put headphones on when we're out doing certain jobs. There are different ways to accommodate what we need in order to be productive or effective. Yeah. And yet school tells us no. Yeah. Yeah. There's your fixed mindset again. I'm really enjoying these days, really paying attention to fixed and open mindset. And I think I everybody's hearing it. You're using the words over and over again. I am. And I, and I hope that when people are listening to it, that they're going to hear more and more examples so that they can catch themselves in their own. I'm having tremendous fun catching myself in my own. Hmm. I really am. Because it helps me identify where I block myself so that I don't, I, self-sabotaging it can be be a number of things so hopefully it's that's good for someone that's listening to this and not irritating them anyway um just getting back to Carrie and Owen I'm thrilled to get that kind of an email yeah that comes in and just gives two two parts of their lives where the whole family now because there's two children and the two parents where all four of them can enjoy getting up in the morning They can enjoy going to bed at night now. 
and they can enjoy when he's going to sit down to read a book. That's a lot. That's a lot in someone's day. Mm -hmm. And I know firsthand that those emails are not just fun affirmations for you. You're getting to hear about someone else's love story. Yeah. Yeah. It feeds my soul. Yeah. A mother and son can have a better dance together. Yeah. I'd like to go on to another one. It's in mother and son too. And again, with consent from the mother. A woman approached me in the mall a couple of weeks ago to tell me that she'd come to see me years ago to say that her son had, well, actually what happened in that session was I told her that her son had a brain tumor. I'm going to make this one brief, but I'll, so I'll just wrap it up kind of tight here. But she just stopped me to tell me that they had finally been able to locate it. And it had been, I think, four or five years. And after many years of asking different physicians that could not find it and going through different tests where they couldn't locate it, they were finally able to find it. And that she was grateful because that medical intuitive information, though wasn't provable for almost half a decade, always allowed her to know that at some point they were going to be able to help him. Hmm. And that she didn't feel crazy constantly saying, no, there is something wrong. No, there, we need another test. And she thanked me for that because it gave her that strong inner knowing, or pardon me, not strong inner knowing. I want to say, message from his spirit that she chose to hold on to and to believe in so that she could constantly be there to help him and not question him or think or agree with some of the things that the doctor said. One of them being that they believed that he was taking steroids or that he was doing drugs Mm-hmm. And that she chose not to believe that because she remembered the spirit guide said no, that it would be seizures and a brain tumor. And he did end up with the seizures and they did find the tumor and removed it. But that allowed her to believe her son when the doctor said, we think it could be that he's doing this. And he was adamant in saying, no, I'm not. Yeah, it makes you, it solidifies who the team is. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Because she solidly stayed on his side. Yeah. And and you have the strength to continue to be the advocate. To be love. To be sane. Because it's very, very difficult as we are medical intuitives and we meet so many people who don't have the diagnosis yet or the medical proof of what's happening in the body, brain, any part of the body, that quite often until they get that, and for some of them it's decades before they get it, And you and I know as mediums, some people die without getting any affirmation. And I think about what that can do to a marriage, what that can do if people don't believe you or they give up, and how much it increases your suffering. That you've already got something that you're suffering over, and now nobody believes you. So you have the additional suffering that people think you lie. And the destruction that causes in those other relationships. Because Mm -hmm. it does seep into the other aspects of your relationship. I liked this story. I remember when you were relaying this information prior to recording. And I remember really liking it because the person never took, the mom, never took this as ominous information 
to use as anger toward you. She didn't look at it as threatening. It was like, okay, tuck that in the back of my, my mind. When these start things start to happen, I know I'm in game mode. Like I need to, it's go time kind of thing. Yeah. And I've got to step into that role, go through the, you know, the motions of the doctors, the questions, the, the appointments, all of that, and stay focused on what needs to happen instead of that, I'll say trauma or shock feeling of, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening and feeling helpless. Yeah. And quite often when people see us for appointments, one of the first things I hear on a regular basis is I don't want you to tell me anything scary. Yeah. Like, I don't well, want you. Why the fuck not? Yeah. I don't want you to tell me anything that's going to upset me. And I think, as you've mentioned in this person, that she didn't do that. She just said, no, open whatever I need to hear. Mm-hmm. And there was a need to hear that so that she could be all those things for her child, as yeah. you said. But if we block it out of our own fear, I don't want to hear anything that might upset me then we aren't capable of being who we really need to be. And I think that speaks volumes of our coping skills and where we are not given those as children and they're not fostered in young, you know, adulthood and adolescence. Yeah. And I, be- I, I, th- I think about all of the different clients that are on the different spectrum of that. The ones that can't hear anything. I remember saying one day to a client, she said to me, oh, I don't want to hear anything negative and I don't want you to tell me when I'm going to die. And I said to her, geez, I think I should get that on a plaque and put it behind my head. And she looked at me and went, oh, do you get set, asked that or told that all the time? And I said, well, frequently enough that I feel like I could put the poster above my head behind me. Yeah. And I said, and she goes, oh, well, you sound like pissy about it. And I said, well, no, I said, I'm not angry. I have to respect what each person wants and stay within those boundaries. But I don't always understand it. Because it, it means that, that you're not there for yourself or for other people. Why would you say you love your children and not want to be there for them? Or not have the ability that when something shocking or traumatic happens, that you have the ability to keep your wits about you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like it how you said it, that you go into game mode. Yeah. Because it's like go time. Now yeah. you're into the coping strategies, a plan of action, taking the steps, everything f- that's positive and forward. And formulating the team. Mm-hmm. I think about anyone who has played sports, and you can probably make other references here. When the puck drops or the ball's tossed in the air or that first serve happens, there's something that switches in your brain and you are completely consumed by your only purpose in that game. Mm-hmm. I want that in a parent. I want mm-hmm. that in whatever advocate I need in that moment, mm-hmm. if it's my partner or my sibling. Oh, I, I know that I thought about that because of these types of situations, who my people are that have that level of intelligence mm-hmm. that can sit down and have the coping skills to say, I'm on the I'm on this person's team and this is what I do when shit happens this is who I am I don't yeah and maybe maybe some people would sit down and say you know what I don't want to be first string I want to be comfort (laughs) I want to be the person you come to to debrief and and have a pat on your back afterwards Mm -hmm. oh man I want to be the one with the wits about me 
Yeah, me too. Whether I need to be for each person in my life or not, I still want to know who I am. It doesn't mean I have to step up constantly for every person, but I still want to know that I'm capable. Mm -hmm. Because it takes away anxiety. It takes away a sense of foreboding or depression that I won't be able to cope eventually. Because at some point, at some point in life, somebody does want us or see us as their person. Somebody will. Even if it's a stranger and we're the only person there with them. Yeah, even at last resort. Yeah, or and crisis. I would much rather be able to say, I knew how to see my options in the moment than to think about a trauma afterwards and think, why didn't I do? Why didn't I think? How come I couldn't? And feel racked with guilt or shame that I didn't get prepared for that kind of moment. I used to be that person. I know that. I used to be like that. So I understand both people. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm glad in this life that I can understand both of them. Well, I think the key, and it's great to understand both of them, I think the key is to actually understand that there's no difference between the two of them. There's no hidden, there's no hidden trait. There's no secret. It's just whether or not you choose to be educated or not. That's and when right. you're saying, I don't want to hear the bad stuff, or I don't want to hear the, the, the scary stuff, as you, as you worded it, you're just saying, I would, I would like to choose to say helpless remember saying to one person in one treatment because she we were in this conversation about this particular thing so there was consent about the conversation and her spirit asked her why she didn't want to grow up <laughs> and she I remember her just looking at me like with a stunned look on her face well fuck it, it, basically exactly what came out of her mouth afterwards and then some laughter and she just looked at me and went well Jesus if that isn't the truth eh Karen but she got there in a few moments. She got to that. Mm -hmm. So she went, you know, uh, I'm stuck and I'm over here. So, you know, don't kerfuffle me today, but I'm coming to see you and see what's happening. But only tell me all the good stuff. And she changed. She sat there and she went, no, I changed my mind. I'm going to be open. It's time to. And I said to her, isn't it time to wear the big girl panties? Instead of your two-year-old panties. And she looked at me and went, oh, yeah. Big girl panties are sexy. Yes. Absolutely they are. To a grown other adult mm -hmm. partner. Yes, that's true. Because we both know that there are adult partners who are not adults either. And they wear their little boy panties. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it for today. Oh, I, I just had those two stories. I shouldn't say I just. I really looked forward to sharing those two stories. Yeah. Of two moms with their sons. Um, Just beautiful women. Yeah, and stepped up. I, yeah, I just thought those were two great examples of two women with open mindsets where this podcast show ties in so beautifully, Kelly, with April's Sips of Sanity podcast series. And I hope people enjoy both and can go back and forth. Find themselves in it a little bit or someone else. Yeah, because even if it's just to understand where your frustration lies because you're with someone or engaging in some type of relationship with someone who's got the fixed mindset, then you can at least identify where the issue is. Mm -hmm. And then if you want to participate in it or not and how. Awesome. All right. 
If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, as we've been educating you throughout the podcast, Sips of Sanity is up on Monday.